That song is anointed. Woo! So good. So good as you find your way back to your seat. We're going to move along, right along. So good. Hopefully you're, you're nice and awake now, right? Whew, no sleepy, no, no sleeping on, a, on the job. Good stuff. You guys ready to receive? You guys ready to receive communion? Man, we had church already, but there's still more, right? I feel like I'm an infomercial, but there's more. Um, there's more, there's more. There's always more to Jesus. There's more to him. So good. Um, this morning, I want to talk to you just a little bit, just as we segue, kind of from what's going on. It's all connected. The idea is that we are beginning the Advent season, the idea that Jesus came, that he dwelt among us, that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And this, this next several weeks, right, leading up to Christmas, hopefully that it isn't just the idea that we're remembering Jesus. The idea is that we give gifts to each other. We love one another. The slave is our brothers. That line came across. That this season, it is a time of giving. It's a time of spending time with loved ones. And so there's an important element that as we love Christ, we're compelled to love those around us, right? They will know him by our love for one another. And it's so good. And so just connecting that a little bit, um, that was nowhere what I was originally thinking uh, this morning's message, but I love how God brings these all together. Um, that the idea is that if you want to be more Christ-like, then that means you've got to learn how to love one another, how to do things for other people, not just be self-focused. And when we come to church, hopefully you're here to get your life right, to be encouraged, to be fed, that you want to be receiving something from God when you come to church. But also when you come to church, the mindset and attitude should be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, right? That he came to serve, not to be served, right? And so hopefully you come to church with that same attitude and mindset that you're getting equipped to be poured out, to, be, to love those around you, right? And to do something. And so we're going to look at a passage of scripture we looked at several weeks ago, actually. If anyone remembers, um, when this platform was first put up and there was the first piece of plywood on the front, we painted on it. And you guys all wrote stuff up here on the stage. I still see scriptures and people's names and all kinds of stuff here. Do you guys remember what we wrote on the very front right here? Anyone remember? Raise the foundation. So we're going to look again at that passage. It's Isaiah 58, 12. Um, if you want to open your Bibles, I'm going to have it up on the screens on the sides of us. Can anyone read these screens and see if it's a word too small for you? This is our first Sunday with these brand new screens. I know it hides a little corner over there, a little corner over there, but you can maybe see and get it together. Um, yeah, Benjamin, pull up Isaiah 58, 12. It should be in there. Perfect. So those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of the generations. Keep going. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. I love that you shall be called because it makes me think of these Christmas songs we sing. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Almighty God, the Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. So in Christmas time, we're thinking about all the names associated to Jesus. But this morning, God's telling you, but I've given you a name as well. I talk about you in heaven. As we're singing all these things about God and all the names of God, God actually has multiple names for you. I've shared before, I know maybe it drives you nuts, but I, I get to talk about myself because I'm up here, that my name is not just Ryan. I've told you before, God told me in a quiet time that he calls me in heaven, he calls me a champion of hope. That's one of the names he calls me in heaven. And so I believe there's more than one name. I believe that this is something that God's saying, that he's calling you, he's giving you these names. And I love, I have no problem looking at the Old Testament, and it says, I know he's talking to Israel, I know this is a prophetic word from Isaiah, as they're getting ready to be taken into captivity into Babylon, I can give you all the history. I don't care about that, I care about 
that this is a word of the Lord this morning where he says, you, you shall be called, right? You shall raise up the foundations. You shall be called repair of the breach. You shall be called restore of the streets to dwell in. So this morning, God is saying, you have a name. You have an assignment. Yes, it's to worship Jesus, but he actually wants you to go and do his business. He wants to do something in his kingdom, and he's using you to do it. Jesus could wave a wand and make things happen, but he's chosen to empower the church to go do his bidding, right? Everything that God wants done on this earth is going to be done through his church. He already came and died and said, my job is finished. It's finished. But his kingdom is not finished. Of his kingdom, there is no end. And so the idea is that you and I, we get to partner with God in expanding his kingdom, right? And so in this, you have a responsibility. And I love this. The three R's, and if you caught, it, caught them, right? I keep saying them, so just make sure you're getting it. Raise, repair, restore. This is what you get to do. Raise, repair, restore. So raise, I said we're raise the foundation. I don't want to re-preach all of that, but the idea is raise. You guys know what it means to raise something. It goes from where it is, and it goes up from there, right? Who here has ever gotten a raise at work? Some, your employer gave you a raise. Does that feel good? Yeah. feels good, man. The idea is that the employer had some resources, and they saw that you were doing a job well done, and they said, you know what? I'm going to take the resources I have, and I'm going to give you more, right? The idea is, I just said it earlier, there's always more with Jesus, you can always get a raise from Jesus. He is your employer. He is your boss. He is your superior. Do you know that he always has a raise for you? It's not like you get a one-time raise and that's it. He raised you from the dead. Great. But he wants to give you more raises than just resurrection, just resurrection life. He wants to give you raises. He wants to increase your authority. He wants to increase your influence. He wants to increase your ministry. He wants to increase you. And so with that, you're going to need his resources. You can't do it on your own. So I'm telling you, I need a raise for my boss. I, every time I come into his throne room, I want to raise. I can boldly enter his throne of grace and obtain mercy in a time of need. God, I need, my resources are limited. I need a raise. Can you raise my peace right now? God, can you raise my joy right now? Can you raise my strength and my confidence? Can you raise where I'm lacking right now? I need a raise. So I'm telling you, who in here needs a raise? Who here wants a raise? And what I love is the word of the Lord says, you're the person who can give a raise. It's not Jesus who's the only one who gives raises. He says, I give you authority. You are going to raise the foundations. Those brothers and sisters around you, you can give them a raise. In fact, I just had this idea. Ezra, come here. Go give somebody a raise. This isn't for you. It's for anybody you want in the whole room. Go give somebody a raise. Anybody you want. Anybody you want. Carrie Rose, you just got, you got upgraded. Her financial status just, just got raised, right? I'm just giving that as an example. That wasn't Ezra's money. That was my money. But he got to give the raise. Can I tell you, you can give people raises. It's not only your resources. You have unlimited resources in heaven. And he's saying you can give raises. I know that was money, and yes, they can associate to money. But I'm saying it's so much more than money. It's the peace of God. I've got the peace of God. I said, I forget, a couple of years ago, someone said something, and I said, I've always had the peace of God. It never leaves me. I just have the peace of God. Even in crazy situations, I might get a little flustered, but the peace of God never leaves. I have never been depressed in my entire life. Have there been opportunities? I'm, I'm a real human, pinch me, I bleed, right? all those things. I get it. I've been discouraged, but I've never been in depression because I'm a champion of hope. And I just keep saying, no, I have this peace inside of me, so I have resources from heaven that I can give people peace. I can walk into situations and say, oh, they need a raise. 
let me give you a raise. Just like I gave Ezra 20 bucks to give, some, to give somebody else. You have resources. You are resourced to be a resource. You have been raised. You've been given raises to go give raises. You can raise. Okay, how do I think about this? Really quick. I don't want to go down this rabbit trail too, too long. But it says, raise the foundations of the generations. I was thinking about my grandparents. My grandparents were alive during the Great Depression. And so they knew what it was to be frugal, to make everything last, and how to, how to take care of things, right, and how to make anything work. And then my parents were raised, they were raised in the 50s. They were born before the 50s, but they were raised in the 50s. And in the 50s, we can say there was kind of the economy was growing here in America. And they, my parents had more than my grandparents. Their generation had more than their previous generation. Can I tell you that my mom and dad gave me more than, I, than they had growing up? And I don't mean that just financially. I'm saying spiritually. My dad never saw his dad reading his Bible and praying and being the spiritual head of his household. I'm not saying that to degrade my, my grandpa. I'm saying my dad raised the spiritual stakes in my family. He raised the spiritual climate that I was raised in compared to what he was raised in. He did something about it. He, my dad led my grandpa to the Lord, right? My dad did something to raise the foundation for the next generation. I'm, I'm, in every way, I want to honor my dad, but I'm saying I'm raising the spiritual climate for my kids more than what my dad did. That's a high bar, but I'm saying I'm going to do that. Guess what? My kids, they're going to raise the bar for their kids. I'm believing that the platform is getting higher and higher and higher, and there's, there's a, I don't know, there's a feeling, there's a thought, a sentiment in the world that the world is just going to hell in a handbasket. Everything's getting worse, and I'm saying, baloney. I don't believe it. I believe the church is here to go against that. No, the church, everywhere we go, we make things better. Look throughout the history, right? Where I can, I've done this before. Where did hospitals come from? Hospitals never existed for thousands of years until the church said, hey, we should have a place where people can get physically healed and we train people to learn more medicine and they become doctors and then they can take care of people. The church created hospitals. The church created colleges and higher education. The church is meant to raise the foundations of every mountain of, of, of society, right? We are meant to raise those things. And I'm telling you, you yourself, not just saying, oh, the church generally, you, you personally yourself, you are called by God to raise the platform, to raise the level of things. Okay, oh, really quick, before I go on to the next one. Ten Commandments. What's the first one with a blessing? Honor your father and mother. Can I tell you this? you have the opportunity to raise the honor that you give to other people in the room. You might not have to give a $20 bill out of your wallet. You might not have to do something maybe practically, but maybe it's in your prayer time. You can raise the way, the way you think about others. You can raise the honor and the respect and the value you put on people. You can give people a raise and they don't even know you just gave them a raise. I'm telling you, you have authority to give raises. I, really quick, I, I thought about this this last week when I was preparing the message. I, I've received raises from my employer in my lifetime several times, right? I, I wish I'd say it's all the time, but I, there's been a, a few times I've got to experience what it is as the boss here at Osborne to give somebody a raise. Can I tell you, it feels better to give a raise than just to get a raise. I know it feels really good to get a raise, but I'm being honest with you, in the true core of who I am, it feels better to give a raise. I don't know if Ezra enjoyed giving that $20 away more than he did getting it from his dad, but there's something about in the kingdom of God, when you give a raise, it actually feels better. It's more blessed to give than to receive, right? I'm telling you, you can give a raise. 
You don't have to see yourself as I'm the low man on the totem pole or I'm just the youngest one in the family. He gave somebody a raise. He gave somebody a raise who's old enough to be his mom, right? Like, he, grandma almost, right? Carrie, like, he can give a raise. It doesn't matter your status. You can give a raise no matter what your status is. If you are in Christ, you have the resources to give raises. So I commission you to go be someone who raises the foundations of people around you. Raise something, right? I'm not even going to look at my notes because there's a lot more I want to say in that, but I'm going to move on to the next one. Repair. Repair. You are a, God calls you a repair of the breach. Repair of the breach, meaning that something is broken, a hole. There's something missing. God says, oh, yeah, but you know what? I got this person over there. They can repair that. I, I don't know if it, I have just a second. I'm going to put up on a slide, so I'm getting Benjamin ready. You can repair everything. Everything can be repaired with two things. Everyone know the two things you can repair everything in, in life? Duct tape. Duct tape and? Put it up, Benjamin. <laughs> WD-40. I love that. I don't know if you can read it all. How to repair anything. Does it move? And then over the set, should it? Yes? Okay, no problem. Does it move and it shouldn't move? Duct tape fixes everything that shouldn't move, right? Does it move and should it? If it shouldn't? Then, right, then you're good, no problem. But if it needs to move and it's not moving, WD-40. It fixes every, everything, right? This is kind of a meme. But I love it. It's the idea that it repairs everything. But I want to use that as an example because I feel like it's a perfect setup for two things. You are a repairer. You can repair anything. Meaning, if something is separated that needs to be brought back together, you are a repairer of the breach. To repair something, right? That means that something is broken. Something that used to be whole fell apart. Can I do this? This word repair, I, I look at it spelled two different ways. Does re, does anyone know that re is like a, a prefix? Re means do it again. Anyone, I'm not an English major. My wife is a teacher. She would tell you. But is that true? The prefix of re means like repeat, do it again. Again. It just means again. Re. So I just look at that word and I say repair, meaning pay I-R, Right? You have a pair of shoes, and if one goes missing, and I find the other one, I put it back together, I repaired my shoes. I repaired them. Sometimes there's things the enemy comes to steal. He comes to break things. He comes to destroy things. And God says, I need someone who knows how to repair, how to bring back what meant to be together. In fact, I just this came to my mind. Marriages. It says that God says, what God brought together, let no man separate. I'm going to say it's beyond marriages. I think there's a lot of things that God has brought together and the enemy has separated, and God says, oh, but it doesn't matter. I got duct tape. I got the church. They can repair anything. Then no matter what the enemy has broken, you are a repairer. You can bring things back together. Things that need to be together that aren't together, you can repair them. But I'm looking at the other spelling, P-A-R-E. Does anyone know what that, that, that word is, pair? Not the pair you eat. No, there's, different, there's like three different pairs, right? Pair means to cut something. To separate something that's together and it's not supposed to be together, kind of like WD-40. It's stuck, and you need to lubricate it so it can move and not be stuck as one thing. It needs to be two separate things. So you can bring things that are meant to be together that are separated. You can bring them back. You can repair those or things that have gotten stuck, things where sin has come and shame and guilt that is on your life. You can say, no, this is a... There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I can recut that off. Jesus already said it's finished, but somehow the accuser of the brethren has stuck this mud on me, and it's up to us, the church, that we can re-separate what the enemy's tried to bring stuck. Does that make sense? I know it's kind of a cheesy illustration, but I'm just trying to give you an example. You can repair anything. 
because you have the name and the authority to do it. There isn't anything that's broken spiritually that you can't fix. There's no situation that's too far gone that the church can't fix. You hear me say this all the time. If it isn't good yet, God's not done yet. So every time the enemy tells you there is no hope for this situation, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Because God's word says, you are the repairer. Jesus has given you the ministry of reconciliation. Meaning, yes, Jesus can reconcile, but he says, I've given it to you. You are the reconciler. You are the repairman. You are the ones who has the tools to go do it, the resources to go do it. You can fix anything. There is nothing broken. There is nothing that the enemy has broken that you can't fix. I, I think I touched on this. I think it was the last, I don't know when it was, shortly after Thanksgiving, right? We were talking about how there's relationships and families. And sometimes things get messy. Things get ugly. But there isn't any relationship that can't be fixed. I know you can say, but pastor, you don't know. I'm saying, no, you don't know. <laughs> I don't care what your excuses are. In fact, really quick, this phrase, I don't know, came out probably a month ago, just it blurted out of my mouth, and I've said it I don't know how many more times, mostly amongst my family. But someone said, like, they couldn't do it. They were complaining about a situation. And I came out of my mouth, make it work. I just said, make it work. Is that not repairing? Repairing means just make it work. I, I don't know. I don't know how to tell you, but you're complaining about all the problems, about all the things that are broken. Stop being fixated on all the things that are broken and look at the resources you have and figure it out. Be a solutionary. Make it work. Repair it. You're the repairer. We keep saying, oh God, we just pray in our prayer closet. God, would you fix that thing? And he's like, I've sent you to fix it. You go repair it. Man, I, I heard a pastor, T.D. Jakes, he said this one time, and I, it, I won't do the whole sermon, but it's, he does a whole sermon on this. It's incredible. He says, God doesn't give us chairs. He gives us trees. Too many, of us, too many times we're praying, God, would you just give me a chair? And he's like, there's a tree right here. You cut it down. You chop it up. You measure it. You do everything. I've given you the resources. You make it happen. And I love that because... Part of me loves it and part of my flesh hates it because I'm like, God, it'd be so much easier if you just took care of it. But God says, no, you take care of it. Hmm. All right, really quick. I, I got things going through my head and I'm trying to figure out what's just in my head or what I'm supposed to share. But there's this, something happened to me several weeks ago where I showed up, I volunteered at an event. And I think I was the only outsider. Maybe there's one, I think I was the only one. I was the only outsider. Everyone else was from within that organization. And I, I, I came from without, and I volunteered, and things were happening, and we got kind of split up in three major groups, and I didn't realize I sat down where the assigned leader for that group was supposed to be, but they didn't show up. So I just happened to sit. I didn't pick the place where I sat. I just sat, right? And all of a sudden, the person starts asking me questions, and I'm like, like, no, no, I'm the volunteer. Like, I'm the outside. I don't know. And they start asking me questions, like, and they said it to me probably. Make it happen. And I'm like, I'm not the leader. Like, I'm a volunteer. But they just said, make it happen. Like, I, I could sense it in the moment. I'm like, okay, I don't know what this organization does. I don't know what their policies, I don't know what their procedures are, but all right, I'll just start making something happen. I started making decisions, and I started telling people what to do, and I started doing things. And as I was doing that, I realized, like, two things came to my head. Like, did I get roped into this? Did I get, is this a setup? And then the second thought came to my mind is like, I can handle this. 
Like it was weird. That's not normally my, I told you several times, I don't believe it anymore, but it's coming out of my mouth. I'm not a natural born leader. I've said that, but that's not the truth. But in the moment, I was like, I can lead this. Like, this is not a big deal. I can handle it. And I was like, why did that thought come within my head? And I'm sharing the test, I'm sharing the story because I'm saying it prophetically over you. There's things in your life going on right now that you need to realize it's a setup. God allowed maybe the enemy to come in just like Job, and it's a setup for your success. You think it's like, oh God, why would you allow this to happen? I've shared this before. David and Goliath, Goliath was a setup. Goliath was sent to reveal David. Nobody knew who David was. He was already anointed king, but publicly nobody knew who David was. It was a setup to reveal David. We look at Goliath in our life like, oh God, would you just take the Goliath away? He's like, it's a setup. It's a setup for you to say, no, I'm the repairman. I'm the one who can erase things. You don't view yourself the way God views you. He's, can I tell you, in the kingdom of God, oh, let's just say it this way. I think angels and demons, you know there's real things as angels and demons, right? And there's, there's clashes, there's battles that are going on. I think there's things that are going on in the heavenly realms, spiritual battles that we are unaware of. And I think there's times where the enemy has broken something and there's angelic and demonic things going on and then Ryan walks by and I think the angel, I'm just being honest with you, I think there's angels like, oh, thank goodness, the repairman is here. And I'm like, that's not my job and I keep walking by. And I think there's times where demons see Ryan like, oh, crap, Ryan's here. He can repair anything. And I'm like, eh, and I walk right by. I'm telling you, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be aware that there's something going on, and when I see the enemy, I'm like, wait a second. There's a breach? No, not on my watch. I can repair that. I can fix that. The reconciliation is on me. I can, there's nothing that's depressing me. I can go love my brother. I can change shall he break when I love those around me. When I, I, can, I have the power to break chains, curses. Right, which brings me to the last one because we've got to wrap this up quick, right? You have the ability to give raises. You have the ability to repair anything and restore. I said this before. The enemy comes to steal, kill, destroy. When I was reading this verse, I got the picture of when I used to build building blocks and my kids mostly my boys, I don't know if Noel ever did it, but my boys, when they were like two years old, if they saw dad building blocks up, what do you think a two-year-old boy wants to do? <laughs> oh, it's their favorite thing. <laughs> knock it. Ha, 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 they think it's so funny to knock it down. And I got this mental image of the enemy going around and just knocking things down, destroying things. And I got this, this picture, this prophetic picture that I could walk by, it wasn't even things I built. But I could see things just crumbled, and I'd walk by and say, oh, let's just fix that. And with just a word, I could speak to it, and it, just, it, all, it all came back together. And I would see the enemy break, and I'd go, I could, I could rebuild it. I could restore things faster than he could destroy him. And I was coming behind him, and I was catching up to him. And he's like, oh, crap, Ryan's behind me. He's fixing everything I just destroyed. Can I tell you how encouraging that is? You are a restorer. Think about it. The enemy comes to steal. Meaning everything the enemy steals, you have the ability to restore it. Power is in the life. Power of life and death is in the tongue. The enemy wants you 
to destroy things with your own mouth. But he's saying, no. God is saying this morning, no, you are a restorer. You can speak to things. Everything the enemy has stolen, you have the authority to restore it. I say that with physical health. There are people that didn't make it here to church today. They're texting me because of physical health. I believe in, I can pray and restore physical health to somebody. There isn't anything the enemy steals that I don't have the authority by God to say, I restore that in Jesus' name. Again, it's not my resources. It's not my authority. It's God's authority. He's given it to me, and I'm just, I'm just giving it out. Everything he steals, everything he kills, everything that is dead and has no more life in it, it's not over. Right? Oh, man, how can it be a Sunday without pastor quoting Princess Bride? <laughs> they take Wesley, right? Wesley's been killed right? Not to 50, ah, to, right? Anyone remember this movie, right? And they take him to Miracle Max. And Miracle Max is playing around with a dead body. He's like, what are you doing? Can you raise it? He's like, he's only mostly dead. There's a difference between mostly dead and all dead. I'll, I'll stop quoting it because I keep going forever, right? I think there's too many things that we think are all dead. It looks all dead. It doesn't matter how dead it looks. Jesus, the resurrection of life lives in you. Everything the enemy kills, you can restore back to life. It's been dead for years, Pastor. This dream, this hope, this idea, this prodigal son has been running the wrong distance, wrong direction for years. Yeah, but you can restore. Hmm. Everything he comes to steal, kill, destroy, you can restore. I don't have time to get in all those things, the breach and the dwell in, all those things. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? This morning, Jesus is talking about you. Yes, we took communion. We're remembering who Jesus is, remembering the Advent season. It's all this remembering, reflecting. But I can't help but think this morning, Jesus is saying, yeah, but I fixed my attention on you. So I came, so I died, so I resurrected. I'm looking at you. Are you going to restore? Are you going to repair? Are you going to raise? I don't want to just give a generic message like, oh, that was great three R's. See if I can remember those three R's. I want it to be the Holy Spirit gives you something specific. God, what does that look like? What am I supposed to repair? What am I supposed to bring a raise? What am I supposed to restore? Who am I supposed to restore? Whose relationship am I supposed to help bring back together? Repair, bring back. What sin in my life needs to be cut off once and forever? I can repair that. I can say this is gone from now on. I, I can fill in lots of blanks, but can we just maybe take a moment? And I, I hate, actually don't have the worship team come up because I, I, I don't want it to, I feel like often you guys, I get distracted. I'll say, I won't point the finger here. I'll point the finger here. I get distracted when they're all coming up here. Just take a second, close your eyes. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? I want to leave different than the way it came in, Jesus. I want to believe, as Sandy said, I want to believe what you're saying. Hmm. So someone needs to repeat this, so maybe we all get to do it, so it doesn't have to be one person all by themselves saying it. 
Can you re repeat after me? I have the authority, have the authority to, give to give raises. I have the authority, have the authority to, repair to repair anything. I have the authority, have the authority to, restore all things. to restore all things. And now the worship team can come on up. I want to end today with thinking about those things. What specifically are you going to go do? Maybe there's something you're supposed to do in the room before you leave. Maybe there's something that you need to write down or you need to send a text message before you leave. Because I know you're probably like me, where I hear a great message, but then once I go and turn on football and start eating, I forget everything God just said. I want to be a doer of God's word. So we're going to sing one last worship song and we're going to have opportunity for people that you want prayer for anything. Maybe you need prayer for something to be separated from your life. You need deliverance. Maybe it's time for chains to be broken this morning. Let's do it. Maybe it's time for you to go mend and repair a relationship with someone in the room or someone outside the room. Go do it. Go be a doer of God's word. So would you stand with me as we get ready to sing this last worship song? And we're going to be doers of God's word. Amen. So God, I thank you that, Jesus, you are alive. And that doesn't mean you're just alive up in heaven. Jesus, you're alive inside of me, inside of my life, inside of these bones, inside of this flesh. Jesus is alive inside of Ryan. Jesus is alive inside each one of us. And we want you to live it out, Jesus. Would you live your life in us and through us? We want to be you, Jesus. We want to be a repair, a restore, and a raiser, Lord God, that we raise things. So Holy Spirit, lead God and direct us in Jesus' name.